welcome to the real safe space where we dig up the secrets to college survival. We are your hosts. I'm Annika. I'm Zaina. And I'm Naomi. Today we are discussing a topic that many struggle with, especially in today's world of finances, which is budgeting and saving as a student. Why don't we look at some of the responses that we got from space? Let's dive in. Question one, what are your expenses? Are you responsible for only yourself? Someone said, I am responsible for myself, but I have a car, so I have to pay for gas and insurance and my phone bill. Honestly, heavy on the phone bill because I do be paying my phone bill and it's <laughs> insane. It's intense, guys. You know, we are all starting to have more responsibilities and financial needs as we live by ourselves and not, not our not parents. Me. So relate for mm-hmm. real. What do you spend money on that you probably shouldn't? Or when was a time you regretted spending? So somebody answered and said, I find myself spending too much money in coffee shops way too often when I can make my own at home. I regret buying every single day, sometimes more than once a day because at the end of the month, I know a big portion of my paycheck is going to these drinks and it makes me feel bad. I'm reading this for a reason because I can relate, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a whole coffee machine at home, guys. And like, wow. it just... You do? Imagine. <laughs> you actually have a coffee... Wow. It just never hits it like when you buy coffee. I like, know. Like, you, you know don't have I... the pumpkin cream cold foam. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Don't oh, need serious. help for like, real. It's like it's like when you make food at home and you're like, wow, like I could have made, I could have bought this from Subway and it would have been better. And then it's like at the end, not it's like, from Subway. <laughs> there are lots of financial bad habits that are hard to break, especially if it's about coffee. Oh. How do you keep from overspending and stay within your budget, or do you even have a budgeting system? So one person said, when I get my paycheck, I try to separate them in categories. For example, ten percent goes to my student loans, five percent for my coffee, gas, a portion for my phone bill, etc. And then in the end, I keep a small portion which is my personal spending. I try to make sure that even after I budget, I still have some emergency money on the side in my savings account. My savings account is locked for a year. So I'm unable to access that account. That stops me from just spending my savings for no reason. Budgeting is key for me. That is really me well too. Said, though. Like, but like to have that. Yeah. Can you unlock it? I don't know. I don't <laughs> even like, know. Honestly, like I would go crazy. Literally, you need to have like strong self control. At the same time, I can't blame like people who spend your money because sometimes yeah. when you want something, like you know when you say, "Yeah, I don't need this," I like, get it. Be happy. It's okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm gonna buy those shoes. And obviously, it depends on what your financial situation is. Yeah. But like, have you ever struggled financially? So somebody said, "Of course," with student loans, and somebody else answered yes so guys i know when we pass i'm gonna be falling in student loans guys like that person who said of course with student loans i'm about to be this person next year because yes i've struggled financially yeah a lot of people said in this economy Mm, (laughs) yes i want to know if you guys have any side hustle let's hear some advice and input from our interviewee Thank you for joining us today. Kyle, welcome to The Real Safe Space. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about what you do at Algonquin. Sure. Uh, Yes. So thank you very much for having me. Uh, My name is Kyle, Mm -hmm. and I'm the manager of financial aid and student awards here at Algonquin College. Uh, In terms of where we're located, we're in the basement of the C building uh, in Student Central. So we're part of the registrar's office. So how long have you been working here? Uh, I have only been at Algonquin for a year and a half now, so I feel like I'm starting to understand things, but I've never been to the studio here, so <laughs> oh this is uh, very exciting for me. No, that was me. Like Sometimes I enter somewhere and I'm like, oh, this exists? So your career path, like, uh, why did you choose this career path? Sure. Uh, <laughs> yes, so my career path, I would probably say it's kind of meandered a little bit. My academic background was a little bit more in international relations, okay, so okay. a little bit different. I started kind of off my career teaching English in Japan for a few years. <gasps> Then I was oh working. My God. <laughs> 
then I was working at Global Affairs Canada. Uh, then I was working at the University of Ottawa in their international office. And part of that was managing international scholarships, which then led me to my current role here with Financial Aid and Student Awards at Algonquin College. That's very This is awesome. definitely going to be off topic, but can you tell us about like the whole Japan and how it was? <laughs> she was like, left on the Japan I, side. I really like, I'm planning to go to Japan. Yeah, I don't know when, is. but I'm like, just based off like the things I see, it's beautiful. It's like, it's such a nice place. I'm just really curious. Like, can you tell us about that? Oh, well, how much time do you have? Oh, that's <laughs> that's yeah, so, so bit, bit of a long story. Uh, in high school, I actually went on exchange for a year to Japan. Uh, it was the Rotary Exchange, and I actually didn't choose Japan. They just... Okay, okay, applied, okay, okay. And they said, guess what? You're going to Japan. And I was like, where? <laughs> so I went and I absolutely loved it. And so then when I finished my uh, my degree, mm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do the JET program. I'm going to go teach English. Okay. I was placed in a very isolated little fishing town. So I about <laughs> as far northeast as you can really get in the whole country. Almost no one spoke English there. It was a little fishing town. I absolutely loved it. I told myself I would stay maybe a couple of years, maximum three. So I stayed for four. um, Yes, but it was a little fishing town, made lots of really good friends. Uh, Being a fishing town, the fish, the seafood was just... Of course. A whole other level. Um, Still to this day, as far as I'm concerned, my favorite restaurant in the entire face of the earth, nothing beats it, is this uh, sushi restaurant that was right across the street from my house. And um, Across the street. Yes, I... Uh, my record was three times in one day. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. They would have little flags on the on the sushi because it was mm. a conveyor belt style sushi. And some of them would say fresh. Another was other ones did it. Okay. Like, well, that's odd. Isn't it all fresh? <laughs> and my friends, I would reach to grab one that didn't have a fresh flag. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't touch that. I was like, but it's perfectly good. And they're like, it was caught yesterday. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. okay. Ones are like, no, that was like caught this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. um, Yeah, but Japan overall, I would say, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how to even describe it. No, honestly, fantastic. It's just fantastic. It's it's entirely different, but it's very accessible as a foreign tourist, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you can really, you get kind of really immersed into it. You get to really try some new things without kind of, you don't have to be there for years and years to kind of access really interesting new things. Yeah. Like you can go as a tourist and really experience a lot yeah. of really great things. <laughs> Japan is literally the kind of place that like you just see and you're like, wow, I need to go there. Like that's how it is. Like Japan is my whole personality sometimes. And I'm, <laughs> I haven't even gone. <laughs> well, there's there's just like there's something for everyone, I feel. Right, like right. you like you can go to the big cities and you get the bright lights and you get kind of crazy things mm-hmm. going on and then yeah. you get some really tiny little isolated towns mm-hmm. where yeah things are very rural yeah <laughs> next <laughs> podcast guys is going to be about japan will you be back for the next podcast <laughs> <laughs> well yeah you're, you're very welcome to invite me back <laughs> so of course we're excited to hear what you have to say today so let's mm-hmm. into the questions so with new students coming in and increasing costs putting a strain on our ability to meet essential needs we want to know if you have seen more students struggling financially i don't have concrete numbers so i can't say for sure exactly (laughs) 
I can definitely speak anecdotally, just yeah. what I've observed. Yeah, and yeah. I do think that definitely cost of living increases are impacting students. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, we do get a lot of cases where students come in and say, I am two months behind on rent. What am I going to do? I cannot afford my rent. Or students who are new, they may, it may be their first time living away from home mm-hmm. and they arrive in Ottawa. Some students travel from quite far away, so yeah. it's not a matter of they just pop home on the weekend uh, they show up in Ottawa fully reasonably expecting that they're going to be able to find a place to live and they're going to be able to start their studies only to find that rent is very very expensive much more than they were expecting mm-hmm. and I think it's a particularly difficult for students when they first arrive who don't necessarily know anyone if you have friends who you can go out and search for an apartment or mm-hmm. house together it certainly divides the cost down it makes it a little bit more accessible but if you're new you don't know anyone if you're trying to find an apartment i it's going to be very expensive mm-hmm. unless you want to kind of take that chance and live with a bunch of strangers mm-hmm. which yeah. i mean i think some students feel they're kind of stuck in terms of observations i think that is a real issue i think that like a lot of things the supports and the the tools that are available to people aren't necessarily keeping up with the rising costs mm-hmm. okay. there are some considerations like i'm thinking of the osap program the financial right. aid program the government when they're figuring out their funding formulas they do try and consider what how much things cost uh, in different parts of the the province but i think in a lot of cases it doesn't necessarily align with a lot of students realities unfortunately mm-hmm. to give an example uh quite often there is an expectation when students are applying for financial aid they report their parents income and the government has a certain expectation based on what they see on that income that the parents are going to be able to provide a certain mm-hmm. level of support mm-hmm. but that's often not reality Uh, Parents are facing a lot of rising costs. They have a lot of constraints and they're not necessarily able to provide the, the support that I think might have been provided in the past and that a lot of formal programs might be expecting. Have there actually been upgrades like over the years? Yes. So, I mean, the OSAP program, it is uh, adjusted every year. There are changes and it definitely has increased. But uh, I I do think that this year is the first year that a lot of systems and policies are kind of going back to the old way. Like it's kind of the pandemic Mm -hmm. is over. Special adjustments and special measures are now being cut back. Uh, I think that's having some impact. So it's according to whatever is happening in a certain time. Yes. So specifically for financial aid, the OSAP program, it is run by the government, which means that government policies and priorities influence what's going to be happening there. It's not necessarily going to be just a uh, cut and dry Mm. formula. And uh, what strategies would you recommend for students budgeting, saving, and spending wisely? Right. Yes. So that that is a very big question. (laughs) Uh, And I I would say that there is no solution that fits every person. Mm -hmm. I think everyone needs to kind of find a solution that works for them. And I think the biggest piece of advice I would give is for students to be brutally honest honest with themselves, Mm -hmm. finding what solution works for you. So being really honest with yourself, what is your personality type and what are you actually going to follow through on? Mm -hmm. So some people, they have a very good grasp. They sit down with a piece of paper and they say, okay, my rent is this much. I'm going to spend $500 in groceries this month. I'm, I have this mental picture. I hold it in my mind when I go out and spend money. It's beautiful. I would suggest that <laughs> a lot of people do not work that way. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. Some people might. And if that is 
what pen works. and paper yeah you can hold it in your mind if that works for you don't let anyone tell you that you shouldn't be doing that mm-hmm. for others people it may be you need to do it on a weekly basis other people you need kind of a, a specific tool okay. so for me anyways the tool that i personally like to use mm-hmm. is an app called mint it's quite common uh, i can kind of connect up my bank account and everything and so it kind of keeps track of everything for me i've set my budget in okay. that app it keeps track of all my expenses mm-hmm. and it kind of categorizes them right away sometimes it makes mistakes and i have to <laughs> fix it it does help me keep track and i will say for me when i was doing that it really helped make it apparent how much i was spending on certain oh. things mm-hmm. So it's one thing to say, I'm going to spend $50 a month for Starbucks. <laughs> I discovered I was not spending only, I was just blasting past that budget. Uh, and I think this is where it comes down to being honest with yourself. Uh, that simply saying, I'm going to set a nice budget of $50 for Starbucks. Are you really going to stick with that? Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, that's where you need to kind of look at your situation. Mm. It may be that you have to kind of have a little pep talk with yourself and say you no 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 and it may be kind of breaking it down by a on a daily basis $50 over the course of the month $50 at Starbucks you're like wow I can buy several coffees for that amount of money but if you were to say break it down on a daily basis what's that going to be like very roughly a dollar 50 a day that's yeah. not going to buy you very much mm-hmm. so you have to kind of think okay well for a dollar 50 i can maybe get like just a plain grande coffee every two day three days so it may be you kind of have to look at it that way oh. if that's what it takes to hold yourself to account okay. at the end of the day also though if you feel you need a daily starbucks <laughs> to get through you need to be honest with yourself and say okay wh- where else can i cut yeah. back on if this is the priority and that's okay i think starbucks is the classic is example like, right yeah. like, did you know if you put aside that money you could have a million dollars literally like, yesterday with one of my class he was just like calculating and telling me how much i'm spending because i get one every day and i was like i did not have to see that like <laughs> and, and i think for some people that is a good tool like mm. having that that is a motivating factor you're saying like by not getting a coffee i know what the, the long-term mm. implication i've done the math mm. it makes sense to me okay but you're still a human being. You still have to live. <laughs> I mean, we could all just go lie down once. in the ditch and not spend any money. <laughs> Honestly, like, and we'd all be millionaires. <laughs> but that's not realistic. But like, I want a Starbucks. So. Yeah. <laughs> so treats are not a bad thing. It just if you're just going crazy and just buying them mm-hmm. all sorts of things without consideration, that's when students get into trouble. Oh, yeah. If I don't just cut Starbucks entirely because it's not actually that important, um, I can go see more movies or I don't know you can mm-hmm. something buy else. more subscription services oh. <laughs> I, I, whatever it is that's Anything important to there. you yeah. Yeah. Um, in some cases it may be like you just you realize oh I I'm really down to the wire my education is my has to be my mm. priority right now I need to make this my priority and if you're in that situation like you need to just be honest with yourself yeah. like the occasional treat is important I, I think <laughs> if at all possible I think that should be included yeah. in people's budgets but be honest with yourself what your true priorities are be smart with it. <laughs> it's funny because if you check out our like logo like I'm literally holding She's Starbucks holding in it as well yeah. so <laughs> it's just like I feel like this is towards me <laughs> Well, I, I buy a lot of Starbucks, too. And okay. But honestly, like, I, I've i tried the whole, like, well, I'm just going to make coffee at home, and I'll it just, do that. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that, too. And for me, it, it didn't have the same treats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know what? 
I, I will cut back. I don't need to have a coffee every single day. There we go. But I want my Starbucks from a Starbucks. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm trying to do too. Like literally, because Starbucks every day does, when you actually mm-hmm. check your bank, it does get to a yes. point. Yes. So I'm doing the same thing. It's like, okay, I don't have to have coffee every day, but I'll have it once every mm-hmm. every time. And it does help a lot. Like when you, afterwards, when you, you guys will see a big it. difference. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll do a little bit of a shameless plug for mm-hmm. some of the programs we have mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So OSAP is a, is a, can be a really good program. Mm-hmm. It is a government program. It is bureaucratic. It does require you to kind of go through the steps. Okay. So, uh, but if you kind of take action and kind of follow through the system, it can be a good source of funding. I know a lot of students, they, they don't want it. They say, mm. I hear all these horror stories about people paying off their student loans until they're dead. Uh, that, and understandably, people, they don't want to go into debt. Mm. I will say that OSAP can still be a good option because when you submit your application, you will be assessed for a loan as well as possibly grants, which do not have to be paid back. And you can refuse the loan part. So you do the application at the end, they're saying you're getting uh, $3,000 in loans and we're giving you another $3,000 in grants. If, again, being honest with yourself, if you think your budget works out, you're saying, you know what? I don't need a full $6,000. I'm rejecting the $3,000 in loan. I'll just take the grants, please. I will mention if you fail your courses, it does convert to a loan, though. Yeah. And this catches students off. So I always want students to be aware mm-hmm. of that. That's I, you know. I just want to make Disclaimer. sure you keep up with your studies. But it can be a really good option. And I think a lot of students don't apply for OSAP because they're worried about the debt this, side mm-hmm. of things. It can be a potential tool to access mm-hmm. free money. Mm-hmm. I can confirm that. <laughs> we love. And then I would also say we have a bursary program. The bursary program runs every semester. It's open to all registered students. And you can access the application at roughly the first few weeks of every term. Okay. So uh, uh, fall, winter, and spring. Uh, it's available through your Access account. Okay. So you just go in there. It'll be asking you some questions. I will say some of the questions seem odd, to say the <laughs> least. They're they're all over the place. They seem really random. Okay. There are sometimes questions where students will say, why? why whoa. This like, seem, why do you want to do, yeah, know it, that? It, and I do admit they can be a little bit off-putting at a glance just because it mm. doesn't make sense. It doesn't has nothing to do with financial need. Okay, okay, okay. Um, the reason we ask a lot of these seemingly random questions Mm. is that a lot of our funding comes from donors people who have given money to the college to give to students quite often they're meant as kind of memorial bursaries they're tied to a particular usually a donor has a a reason for giving this money and sometimes they want to help a certain demographic of students so in order to find, find them okay uh, so a student in the lgbtq plus community mm, mm-hmm. we need to ask that question okay okay, okay. so that that's sense. all those questions they're optional you don't have to answer them <laughs> okay. however we can only consider students who have said yes to those questions <laughs> okay, for okay. certain awards i would say the majority of funds are just open mm-hmm. to uh, to students in yeah, general yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are some of these more niche bursaries that are there okay. uh, i would always encourage every student to apply every term you do have to apply every term mm-hmm. it doesn't carry over mm. i'm hoping that one day we'll get to the point when it's just one application <laughs> per year and, yeah. uh, cut down on paperwork but i do encourage everyone to submit an application i do want to mention that the amount of money that we have and the number of students that come in, all the different factors change quite a lot mm. from term to term. So it's not just because you applied in the fall and you did not get one 
doesn't mean that you won't get one in the fall. Your situation could be exactly the same and you might qualify the next term. Same thing could be you got one in the fall, nothing has changed, but then you don't get one in the winter or Mm -hmm. it's a different amount. This sometimes frustrates students and I'm aware of that, uh, but it is just kind of the nature of there's a lot of factors that fluctuate. And so this is why we say even if you didn't get one in the past, it's still in your interest to make sure that you apply again, just just in case. Yeah. Talking about bursaries, I was wondering if there was like any available for international students. Yeah, so this is this is definitely a hot, uh, <laughs> yeah. hot button issue. The short answer is yes. Okay. There are bursaries and scholarships and awards open to international students, but the number is much, much more limited. Okay. So this is why, depending who you talk to, you may encounter people who say, no, there are there are none. They may be aware that there are some, but it's kind of a, just managing expectations. They don't want people to get their hopes up. Okay. Uh, that's why sometimes they say that. I, I still would encourage international students to submit a bursary mm-hmm. application. Same thing with like any awards or scholarships. Mm. I look at the criteria. If there's nothing saying you don't qualify, <laughs> I always recommend recommend submit an application yeah. you never know even if it's for a small award like some of our awards are quite small like 200 dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. but if it takes you 20 minutes to do an application and you get it guess what you got paid 200 dollars for 20 yeah. minutes honestly yeah. honestly so it, it can be worth your time mm-hmm. okay. guys feel those applications guys like for real. <laughs> thank you for joining thank us today joining and for coming to the real safe thank space you. we loved having you we loved it so far like i feel like we've learned so much i'm not gonna yeah lie. Like, even me, i was like yeah yeah zainab needs to go to japan why? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Jolly jolly. Dance break. Dance break, my little aliens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Spaces, for listening to episode three and taking the time to answer our questionnaire. We always love hearing your responses. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review, please. Follow the realsafespace.pod on Instagram to participate in the next questionnaire. Also, don't forget to share with friends so we can build our spaces community. Tune in in our next episode on The, the Real, Real Safe, Safe Space. Space.